Welcome to Westport Road Baptist Church. We're delighted that you've joined us for today's message. Westport Road Baptist Church is located at the corner of Hurstbourne Lane and Westport Road in Louisville, Kentucky. If you have a Bible, please have it handy and prepare your hearts and minds as we enter God's Word.
All right, who's depressed yet? Everybody's wearing black, birds aren't singing, loved ones going to the grave. Easy to get depressed. I remember several years ago uh, when, when I was pastoring in Virginia that a lady came up to me uh, after our Good Friday service and said, man, I don't like Good Friday. It's depressing. Why can't we just have Easter? And so what we're going to look at tonight is answering that question. Why do we need Good Friday? Why can't we just go to Easter? Why can't we all just be happy? Okay, so that's what we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to be over in Romans chapter three, Romans chapter five. And we're just going to take a a quick look at four reasons on why we need Good Friday. Four reasons on why we need Good Friday. And the first reason we need Good Friday is to remind us that all of us are sinners. All of us are sinners. Look over uh, to chapter three, uh, verse nine. What shall we conclude then? Are we any better than anyone else? No, not at all. We have all made the charge that both Jews and Gentiles alike are all under sin. So he starts out here and he says, okay, this is a universal thing I'm talking about. I don't care if you grew up in church. I don't care if you're a little goody two shoes. If you're a good little boy or girl, or I don't care if you're the worst heathen in the entire world. All of us are sinners who fall short of the glory of God. None of us are perfect. None of us get us right. He goes on and he says in verse 10, there's no one righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one truly seeks God. All have turned away and have gone together and become worthless. There is no one who does good not even one. And so we hear that and we protest because especially if you're a good little boy and girl and you grew up in church, you protest and you say, wait, that's not right. I am better than other people. I look at the way I live and I look at the way other people live and believe me, God has to be pleased with me and he can't be very pleased with them. So that can't be right. We all can't be the same. Paul's got to be mistaken when he says this. Just in case you think Paul's mistaken, look down uh, just a few verses later uh, in, in our scripture passage down to verse 24. I'm sorry, verse 22. Verse 22. This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe there is no difference. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So, okay, you look at your life, you look at other people, it seems to be better than some other people. How can God say there's no difference between us? Here's the problem that we have. You're comparing yourself when you think that. We compare ourselves and we think, well, I'm better, I'm doing good, I'm trying hard. You're comparing yourself to other people. That's what it is. So you look at other people and you say, well, I'm better than they are, so God must be proud of me. But in this thing called righteousness, you're not comparing yourself to another person. In this thing called righteousness, you're comparing yourself to God. God is holy. God is just. God is perfect. And you are comparing yourself to a holy, just, perfect God. Now, that's a different level there. It's one thing to say, well, I'm a little bit better than that bad person over there. It's another to say, I'm comparing myself to a holy, perfect God because none of us do it right. We all mess up, including myself over and over again. And the harder you try not to mess up, the more you see just how guilty you are because we keep failing over and over again. 
Think of it this way. A 64 is an F on a test. You get a 50. A 50, if a 64 is an F, is failure. Okay? Failure by a good margin. But then you look at other people in the class and you say, well, they made a 20. I made a 50. I'm a whole lot better than they are. But guess what? You both fail. And that's what it's like when we're comparing ourselves to other people instead of comparing ourselves to God. And so the first thing we see as we look at this is, guess what? All of us are sinners. None of us have reason to brag. Twice in Romans 3, he says, we're no better than anybody else. All of us are sinners. So Good Friday reminds us of that. Good Friday reminds us that in and of ourselves, there is nothing that we can do to become righteous as God is and in the eyes of God. And that brings us to the second reason that we need Good Friday. Not only are we all sinners, we can do nothing on our own to remove that sin. It's only through what Jesus did on the cross that that sin can be removed. So now it could get depressing here if you think, okay, there's nothing I can do to remove my sin. What am I going to do? Look down to verse 20, verse 20 of chapter three. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in his sight by observing the law. Rather through the law, we become conscious of sin. So if you think the way that you're going to get right with God is by being a good person. I'm going to try to live a good life. I'm going to try to do good things. I'm going to follow the law. I'm going to know the right things. That will make me right before God. What we're told in verse 20 is that doesn't work. You will never be made right before God by following the law. Rather, the only thing following the law will show you is just how far short of God you are. It'll show you what sin is and where sin is in your life. So it's not going to work. And here's why. You're not a perfect person. You will fail. If you said right now, I'm going to try as hard as I can to never mess up and never do anything wrong. You might be the most sincere person in the world, but it probably won't be five minutes before you're in the parking lot cutting somebody off and, and yelling at them or something like that. You know, it just does, it doesn't quite work that way. We all come up short of the glory of God. And there's nothing that you can do to become righteous and holy as God is righteous and holy. So we're all sinners. Nothing we can do to change that or make us right before God. That would seem to be depressing. That's the depressing part we've been talking about. But keep reading verse 21. But now a righteousness from God apart from the law has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. This is a great verse of scripture here. He says, okay, there's nothing you can do in and of yourself to save yourself, be good, become right before God. But guess what? There is a righteousness that can be given to you, applied to you. That doesn't come from what you're doing, but rather through what God is doing. And then he adds a little interesting side note here. He says, and guess what? It's the thing that's been taught by the law and the prophets from the very beginning. You see, so in a lot of ways, we've been misreading the Bible. We read the Old Testament and we think the Old Testament is all about rules and regulations and all these things we have to follow and don't mess up any of these commandments or you're a bad person. And yet Paul writes here, that's not the case at all. I'm going to talk to you about a righteousness that's apart from the law that the prophets have testified to from the very beginning. And then he goes on and he tells us exactly where that comes from and how we get it. Look at verse 
22. This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe, for there is no difference. So I don't care if you grew up in church. I don't care if you're a good little boy or girl. I don't care if you're the worst heathen in the world. The way any of us are made righteous is when we come to Jesus Christ and accept him as our Lord and our Savior. That's where that righteousness comes. That's where it's applied. There's no difference in people. It's the only way anyone is saved. He goes on in verse 23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. 24. And are justified freely By his grace, through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. So the only way that we can be made right before God is the free gift of God's grace. We don't earn it. We don't deserve it. The word grace means a free, unmerited, undeserved gift. The way that you are saved is God giving you a gift you don't deserve. And the gift you don't deserve is he is implying righteousness to you. He's giving you forgiveness of sins and eternal life. And he's giving it to you freely without you doing anything to deserve it. So where does it come from? Verse 25. God presented him as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in his blood. He did this to demonstrate his justice. It comes only through what Jesus Christ did. The reason Good Friday is good is that Jesus died on the cross to take your sins upon him. To gain your freedom. To make you right before God when you couldn't do it yourself. That's why this night is called good. It's not that what happened was good. Jesus being sacrificed and betrayed and dying upon the cross is not a good thing. But what it accomplished is the best thing in the world. It accomplished your salvation, your forgiveness, your new relationship with God. So all of us are sinners, but we can do nothing to remove our own sin. It comes through what Jesus Christ did in dying on the cross in our place. And that brings us to the third reason we see that we need Good Friday. We need Good Friday to truly understand God's love and sacrifice for us. Flip over a chapter to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. Look down to verse 6. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Now, very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man some might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrated his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So why would God do that? Why would Jesus go to the cross, take your sins and die in your place? We're told very directly in Romans 5, 8, it was done because of love. God created you. You are his child. He loves you and he would do anything for relationship with you. And the ultimate expression of that is Jesus dying on the cross because of your sins, because of your failures, because of what you've done. Think of it very personally. Chip Pendleton put Jesus Christ upon the cross. Chip Pendleton is the reason that Jesus Christ died and suffered. And he did it for one reason. Because he loves me with a passion. Put your name in that place. He died upon the cross because of his love for you. 
We need Good Friday to understand how much God loves us, how much he has sacrificed for us, how he would give anything for relationship with us. And then think about how we change that. We, we come to church every once in a while. We might read our Bible. We pray if we have a problem and we think all's well and good. I, I'm going to heaven. I believe in all that stuff. And God says, don't you understand? I suffered and died to have a relationship with you that is transformed. And you've made it to coming to church every once in a while. And it's so much more that I want. I want to have that kind of intimate, loving relationship with you. I sacrificed for you. I died for you. And it's all because of the great love I have for you. So Good Friday helps us to understand the love and sacrifice of God. You see, grace is free, but it wasn't cheap. It came at the highest price of all. And that brings us to the last reason that we need Good Friday. We need Good Friday because without Good Friday, we can't really understand why we celebrate Easter. There is no celebration of Easter without Good Friday. So uh, let's say Jesus rose from the grave. Okay, well, that's well and good. But why does any of it matter? Good Friday helps us to understand the purpose, the joy, and the meaning of Easter. And without it, we can't understand it at all. Keep reading in your scripture passage down in Romans chapter 5, verse 9. Romans 5, verse 9. Since we have now been justified by his blood. In other words, this is what he's saying. What Jesus did in dying on the cross has now made you right and just before God. You didn't do it. God did it. Jesus died on the cross. Your sins upon him. You're now right and just before God. Since we've been justified by his blood, how much more... Shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son. How much more having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? If his death paid for your salvation and made you right and just for God, what will his life do for you? He didn't just die for you. He rose from the grave. He sits on the right hand of power and glory. And he's on your side. What does that do? Think about what that means. You have God's presence, God's power, God's help. When you die, you have eternal life in heaven forever in relationship with God. And without understanding Good Friday and what Good Friday did, we can never understand Easter. You don't come to Easter and celebrate with real meaning unless you understand the sacrifice that was first made upon Good Friday. But when you understand Good Friday, Easter is one of the most joyous things you could ever be a part of. To come and celebrate the joy of the new life that God has given you through Jesus Christ. A life that changes everything about him. Look at verse 11 as we close. Not only is this, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have received reconciliation. Good Friday leads to the joy of Easter. So, yeah, maybe some of it may seem depressing. Maybe some of it, as you look at it, you might think, gee, I just soon run right to Easter. Why do we need Good Friday? But, oh, we need Good Friday. Because without Good Friday, we don't really understand the price that was paid so that we could be free, that we could have eternal life, and that we could have relationship with God. But when we do, as Romans 5 says, then, then we will rejoice.
Do I get an amen? <laughs> okay, I hate it when I have to ask for amens. <laughs> Some preachers preaching everybody to say amen, I have to ask for them. We're going to sing a song now, and it's, it's not a classic invitation hymn that, that we're going to sing, but if you're here tonight and you feel like you would just like some prayer, and, and we're going to have ministers that would be glad to come down and pray with you about things going on in your life to encourage you. Maybe you're here and, and, and you just need uh, to know somebody else cares. Or maybe you're here tonight and you want Jesus Christ in your life. And you say, you know what? I need this Good Friday. And you come down and you say, I want Jesus. I want to accept him as my Lord and Savior. We're going to open this up as kind of an altar call at this time, if that's okay, David. And uh, if you feel led, you come as God leads you. And if not, we're going to sing this song. And uh, we're going to give ourselves to Christ. Then we'll close in just a second. Uh, It's a beautiful song we're going to be singing. At the cross, love ran red. Let's uh, go to the Lord in prayer as our praise team is coming. Father, we so need Good Friday. I just pray, Lord, that you would help us to remember what you did upon this night. To buy our salvation so that we can truly understand the joy of what Easter is all about. In Jesus' name we pray it. Amen.
As we uh, go out, I hope that you come back on Easter Sunday with a better understanding of why we celebrate in the first place and what the joy is truly uh, all about. Uh, We have a a special thing uh, immediately after our service tonight. Our youth have set up a special prayer experience uh, where you can go through the Stations of the Cross and and, then have a personal time of prayer and and, uh, and coming closer to God, that's going to be open down in the youth hall immediately after our service tonight. And so uh, if you've not had an opportunity to do that this week, I would encourage you to, to go down and, and go through the, the, the prayer experience. And I think that'll be a, a very special time, again, helping you to center and, and uh, truly appreciate and understand uh, what this Good Friday is truly all about. So that's open as soon as we're through uh, down in the youth hall. Don't forget... Easter Sunday, 9.30 and 11. Uh, if you can, park over at Zachary Taylor. That will help us with parking uh, in our main lot. And uh, there'll be a shuttle from there. And uh, invite your friends and neighbors. And we'd love to see you uh, on Easter Sunday as we come back and we celebrate with true meaning. Let's go a little over the time for prayer now. Good. Father, we thank you for Good Friday. Uh, Father, it's, it's what makes all the difference in the world in our hearts, in our lives. Uh, in our relationship with you. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for his sacrifice. It's more than we could have ever hoped or imagined, Father. Help us to, with joy, celebrate what this day is all about as we come on Easter Sunday and see the resurrection of your son. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. hope you enjoyed today's lesson and that it spoke to you. If you have prayer needs or want more information about us, we invite you to stop by our website, mywrbc.org, and click on contact. Please use the word podcast in the subject line. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Keyword, mywrbc. At Westport Road Baptist Church, we love God and love people. Please join us for Sunday morning service at either 9.30 a.m. or 11 a.m. We also have Sunday school for all ages during both service times. Thanks again for listening and join us next week for another message from God's Word. Thank you.